Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody, and good evening, and welcome to Red vs. Blue, high-stakes fantasy radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, and tonight we're podcasting the FF Toolbox Experts Mock Draft. There's a lot of good drafters in here tonight uh, from all across the industry. We'll talk about them and analyze the draft board with you. I'm actually commissioning this draft, so uh, the, the, the podcast has a good uh, tendency to get a little rattled, uh, a few extra pauses in there just to uh, fill time. Looks like we have to stop the draft here, pause the timer, undo the pick. Let's see who we're waiting for, and we're waiting for Matt. So let's go find out where Matt's at. All right, so this... This is why we're not airing this podcast live right now. We're actually just uh, waiting for Matt to get into the chat room here so I can do this, uh, do everything all here at once. Where is Matt? Matt, you're late. If I could get you on the phone right now, I'd be cussing at you. You're uh, late for your draft, the FF Toolbox draft. Matt DeLima, representing FF Toolbox tonight, uh, is late for his own draft. Don't you love it? All right, we're going to go ahead and pick for Matt since I just got a hold of him. And he's going to take Doug Martin. There we go. Doug Martin at three. He's on the way. Matt is on the way. All right, so uh, this is the FF Toolbox Expert Mock Draft. I'm going to run the lineup down for you and give you the uh, the nitty-gritty here on what's happened in this draft so far. This is the FF Toolbox Expert Mock Draft, emulating the Fantasy Football World Championship and Roto Bowl rules. So you can use this draft to prepare you for your own mock, uh, for your own drafts that are any of the FFWC format. Matt needs a link now. I say, you were emailed. Give me one second. He knows I'm on the air, folks. He knows that I'm on the air. And we're going to give him a link to this draft. The expert mock draft right here. We're going to copy and paste this. You guys know how to do this, right? Copy, paste. Put it in there. 
Let me get you a password. We'll get him a password. We're going to do everything for Matt tonight. Just everybody hang tight. We'll get this draft rolling. The draft is rolling, by the way. We'll get you caught up with all the action in the mock. This is just uh, this is just so much fun. This is so much fun having uh, yep your your expert your expert late for his own draft. Okay, here we go. Franchise setup. We're going to select change password for FF Toolbox Matt. Where's he at? Here we go. And we're going to give him one. And here's where your password is. And you got Doug Martin with 1-3. Okay, so let's get everybody caught up at home. Uh, for this draft, here we go. Uh, this is the FF Toolbox Expert Mock Draft, the FFWC rules. So this is a PPR league with very big lineups, 11-man uh, lineup. Uh, start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, um, and two flex, running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Alfred Morris just went with the 11th pick. And let's see if we got everybody else in the room. Yep, everybody's there. Good. Okay. So let me give you a rundown of the draft, and I'm going to put a link to the draft board so you can check it out at home. Arian Foster with the number one pick in the draft. Adrian Peterson, number two. Doug Martin, three. Charles, four. Richardson, five. McCoy, six. Marshawn Lynch, seven. Calvin Johnson, eight. Ray Rice, nine. C.J. Spiller, ten. Alfred Morris, 11. A.J. Green, 12. Steven Jackson, with the first pick in the second round. So very unconventional draft here. A couple of picks that stand out to me. Obviously the Arian Foster pick. Uh, there are, Some people are predicting that uh, Arian Foster, while he's been very tough throughout his entire career, uh, does seem to scare owners a little bit. It's kind of the guy that you survived last year, uh, or you were one of the other 11 guys that didn't get Arian Foster, and you watched him fall to the guy that was drafted in the sixth hole. And you say to yourself, well, how does that happen? How does Arian Foster fall to six? And you have to, when, when you see Arian Foster fall to six, and then he goes on to have a dominant year, uh, that leads you to believe next year, you're like, wow, will, I, will, I, will he fall again? Hamstring or no hamstring injury, you're thinking to yourself, he's going to be fine. And if you listen to the podcast last Friday night, we had Kimmer Slisher, the number six player, High stakes fantasy player in the world. She she came on him, gave her bus pick of Arian Foster. And look, you got to pick one somebody. And everybody's really good in the first round or two. But when you have to pick somebody, uh, Arian Foster was her pick. Now we probed the Arian Foster pick a little bit and asked her why uh, you, you would take somebody such as Foster and maybe not a Rice. And you know she mentioned that Rice was uh, one of her target. Uh, bus picks this year, just because of all the attention that Bernard Pierce is getting and all the love there. Um, okay, Matt is in the chat. Oh, thank you very, thank you very much, Matt, for showing up. We appreciate that. Uh, thank you for representing your employer at FF Toolbox. <laughs> uh, just kidding. So, uh, yeah, Arian Foster uh, at one here tonight, and again, he was named the bus pick simply because injuries do have a tendency to take their toll on players. Uh, that was pretty much her explanation. The fact that you have to get Ben Tate, 
uh, in the 10th round or so is another factor. You do have to spend a little bit of a higher handcuff this year on Bernard Pierce. Uh, if you want to talk about price of handcuffs, uh, to be to be specific, Bernard Pierce is probably the most expensive handcuff we have, um, unless you consider <laughs> unless you consider uh, New England's backfield of Shane Vereen and and Stephen Ridley to be a handcuff situation. And and if that's the case, then uh, Stephen Ridley uh, has the most expensive handcuff in Shane Vereen. But I don't think that's exactly what you have there. Uh, what you have in uh, in New England is a very interesting situation that I'm not quite sure that everybody has figured out just yet. We're seeing Shane Vereen be basically the golden boy of drafts right now. And I'm going to put this link in the chat room for everybody so they can listen along to my mumbling. Here's the podcast link, fellas. Okay, so uh, you know some people ask themselves, uh, Shane Vereen, what what is there to see here, and why should I care? Because he is a second back, not even a handcuff back. I mean, I, you can call him a handcuff, but he's not really a handcuff. He's kind of his own player. And w- when you talk about the price that people are paying for Shane Vereen, it's a little out of hand right now. I'm seeing fourth round on Shane Vereen. ADP of thirty number thirty one running back going into this this last week, but in the high stakes circles, sometimes guys just get attached, and that's what we're seeing with Shane Vereen. Here's a guy that Stephen Ridley had a fantastic year last year. Nothing to really complain about. You can't complain about really other than the fumbles. Uh, the, the potential there for 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 issue a couple of fumbles in the in the year but nothing he he's not a PPR uh, guy uh, only six receptions that's not attractive to PPR players uh, so Vereen is looked at as kind of the handcuff situation to this Aaron Hernandez Gronkowski. Uh, drama that's going on in front of us Shane Vereen continues to climb up draft boards and I don't know where it's going to stop. Right now it's the fourth round and the fifth round. Maybe next week it'll be the third round. <laughs> you know, maybe he'll be in the same discussion as Lamar Miller and these David Wilsons that that everybody's naming as their breakout player. FF Toolbox did name did name David Wilson our our breakout candidate uh, for the year. So uh, it's it's very interesting to see what's going on with Shane Vereen, and I can't pay that price, not for a guy that's not going to even get. 10 carries a game. I mean, does anybody here uh, in the in the chat or in the uh, in the expert mock tonight, does anybody think that Shane Vereen will get 10 carries a game? I mean, 120, 130 carries, yeah. Now, if, if Ridley goes down, very possible. Uh, he is going to get receptions. That's what everybody's banking on. But I do want to say that he had eight receptions last year in 11 games. So, we have him projected for 44 receptions. That's very generous. That's very generous when I think about where where he should go. I don't know if people are predicting injury, where they think this offense is going to come from, but I haven't seen two running backs go in the top five rounds since Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, maybe, maybe, that, maybe around there. Uh, that's the last time I remember something like that, and that's for two very potential stud running backs. Uh, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. I am live here down in uh, Florida with the family, 
the last of our vacation. Uh, hasn't really been much of a vacation for me, except a few trips to the beach, obviously uh, to the pool. Uh, but most mostly, it's a, it's a good way to let the kids have some fun. And uh, during the summer, uh, we have some family down here. Our niece's uh, son was just born the other day on Fourth of July evening, uh, and so we were on the beach watching the fireworks. And I uh, got the call that labor was was happening. So uh, that means uh, we did get to see the baby. Baby came home. Now we're heading back up to Indianapolis later this week, and we will be home. Uh, so a little bit out of sorts, not in not in the the home uh, bunker at Red versus Blue, but on location tonight. And this is the experts draft. It's a great lineup tonight. I just want to give a shout out to everybody uh, that's involved and that's here tonight. Uh, some of the greatest fantasy industry names that you can assemble have been here the last couple of weeks at FF Toolbox. We have Matt Schaff from Draft Sharks, Eric Harfison uh, from Fantasy Sharks, Bob Harris from Football Diehards, Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus, Scott Engel from Roto Experts, Tim Haney from KFFL, Tony Sincata also from Roto Experts, Tim Dano and the funny thing is, it says world rank number 20. That's a little intimidating. World rank number 20, uh, that is the high-stakes uh, fantasy player rankings that you can find on FF Toolbox. If you've ever played in a high-stakes main event, uh, your name will show up there if you've played in any of the circuits uh, in the high-stakes world. Steve Gallo uh, from The Huddle, Eric Olinger from DynastyLeagueFootball.com, and then our very own straggler, Matt DeLima from FF Toolbox, who's sounds like he's pulling double duty tonight, so we will give Matt a pass. He's doing two mocks, and it sounds like a couple others are doing two. Fantasy Taz is in the chat room tonight uh, doing a, a draft for us as well. Um, he, he is here tonight. Fantasy Taz is also commissioning. <laughs> he's uh, mocking, and he's, uh, and he's drafting. So uh, thank you, uh, Fantasy Taz. For all of your hard work. Okay, so that's the lineup. A lot of good names. You will be able to review all these results and see commentary on all of these picks tonight. Uh, uh, give us give us a couple of days. We'll get all that up on the site, but they will be getting their commentary uh, put into the site over the next couple of days, and then we'll put it up on FFToolbox.com. I do want to mention, before we get too far into this draft, we are already into the third round, but I do want to mention until we get too far into this draft that we do have a new mock draft simulator up on the site. Uh, courtesy of Fantasy Pros, and you just mock till you're happy. Really get your uh, get your uh, league settings down, your lineup rules down. You will be drafting against 11 computer opponents based on our FF Toolbox player rankings, and you will have a, uh, a draft. And at the end of that draft, if you like that team, you'll be able to enter that into the Mock Draft World Championship uh, for how much? You know, five bucks. Five bucks. Why not take a shot at the at be, becoming the first ever? Uh, fantasy football mock draft world champion. Uh, that's going to happen here. Uh, should be released by July 15th. You will be able to do that. But you can go on the site now and you can get signed up so you can be part of the waiting list. And look, you, you just mock. And if you like the team, you can go in and, and scoop that team up. If you don't like it, scrap it, start over. If you like that team, you can enter it in. It's that easy. And it's very good practice, very good prep. We actually fell in love with the the product once we uh, got to use it and got to try it and all the all the staff here uh we just absolutely uh loved mocking uh and and giving it a shot and seeing what kind of team we could we could come out of there with trying to beat the computer algorithm and the FF toolbox rankings uh that's the thing that you have so if you're able to see the rankings and you know uh that there's some guys that you see low on the list 
now you can start to kind of game the system and say, you know what, I think I'm going to go after this because I don't, I think that uh, there's value to be had in that guy that uh, the FF Toolbox staff, Scott and Ian and Nemo and, and all the uh, the crew, Matt and Ben. Uh, I don't think I don't think they're they're hitting the mark on that guy. And you know what? Maybe we're not. Uh, it's interesting. Fantasy Pros is very good at taking everybody's picks, everybody's predictions, putting them all together, putting them in a big uh, platform for all to see, and and ranking. And so this is our uh, first foray into that with our new team here at FF Toolbox. We're really excited to be a part of it. And uh, fingers crossed, we feel like these are the projections you can trust. But everybody says that, right? So let's go take a look back at let's go take a, another look back at this draft. We're in the second round uh, of the expert mock draft here at Toolbox, and I'm going to see that uh, Steven Jackson was taken at 2-1 uh, by K- uh, Tim from KFFL. Uh, that is a pick that has a tremendous amount of upside with uh, when you talk about what Steven Jackson brings to the table and the fact that it's matched up with an offense like the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody has been waiting in Atlanta for a game-changing closing running back, and they finally have one. Uh, we are now in the fourth round. Okay, I'm just ch- I'm just checking on the guys here before I start to look at the uh, draft board too much, since I am commissioning commissioning the lead tonight as well. Uh, so Stephen Jackson was the first pick of the second round, followed by Matt Forte, Des Bryant. We're absolutely very high on here at FF Toolbox. Uh, Des Bryant by Football uh, Bob from uh, Football Diehards took him at two three over Brandon Marshall. Uh, some people may have a, a pick a bone with that. Uh, because of the value that Brandon Marshall brings to PPR, Jimmy Graham at two at two five, very happy to have Sean Payton back. I'm sure he can get back to being Jimmy Graham after last year. Great season, uh, great season by Jimmy Graham, but not Jimmy Graham that we know he's capable of and what he will do. The very next pick by Scott Engel from Roto Expert, Reggie Bush, is a name that people are all about and raving about this year. New running back in Detroit. This should be an exciting year for Reggie Bush. Uh, the question that everybody has is, hey, he's had problems with the turf before. He's back on turf, and now he's already talking about the turf. I don't want my running back that I'm taking, some, you know, especially if it might, maybe I take a wide receiver in the first round, like Calvin or something, and come back and register. I don't want my running back, my star running back, talking about worrying about the turf. I love Reggie Bush. I think he has top ten talent this year. I think he could be a top ten back. Right on the cusp around that top ten, he could have a fantastic year because of the value he brings to the point for reception leagues. We have him projected for 63 receptions uh, at FF Toolbox, coming off of a year where he only caught 35. But that's the difference between Miami and Detroit, the fast-hitting Detroit, uh, the Detroit Lions versus Miami. You have to look at the amount of plays that uh, each team is pulling off. And last year, uh, Detroit attempted, what, a, a ridiculous amount of plays uh, 739 passing attempts last year for the Detroit Lions. 739. Let that sink in. 739. There are a lot of balls to go around when you're completing, you know, 450 of those. When you're completing 450. Now, will they have to do that much this year with Reggie Bush? Probably not because he's a little bit more explosive. I, I would imagine the play count comes down. But he has he's in for a tremendous workload of receptions. When you think about the Miami situation, only 500 attempts last year. Big difference for Reggie Bush. They're going to move up and down the field. Uh, so Reggie is a um, is a tremendous player. Uh, he's being drafted, not overdrafted, not really underdrafted in my opinion. I think he's just about right. I don't really have a bone to pick uh, with where Reggie is going right now. 
uh, in the second round. Demarius Thomas, injuries in the past, uh, very uh, capable of having injuries again, but you got to love Demarius uh, in all formats, PPR or non. Darren Sproles is a guy that you will see in PPR formats being taken in the second round because he's just that valuable, uh, especially with Sean Payton back. Uh, you're going to see Darren Sproles go back to his you know, huge seasons of, of catching the ball. So that's another guy in a PPR format that you can feel comfortable taking. The point per reception, to me, and, and I'd love to hear the other experts here, it, to me, it seems like it's becoming the industry standard. I'm starting to see it now on NFL. I'm starting to see it on ESPN. They're talking about it more. All of the competitions nationally for the most are, are PPR, right? So when is the rest of the world going to embrace PPR, and why don't they already, if not? I, I'm, maybe I'm not as old school. Maybe I'm new school. I've only been you know, competitively playing for the last you know, 10, 12 years. But everything has been PPR for me. And I and I can't I I do not enjoy being in any league that's non PPR. I'm only in one. It's my hometown local league. Uh, we call it, it's the Wintergreen Way League. Or, you know, uh, it's not a it's not something that I really enjoy playing in when when Darren Sproles isn't getting me those eighty points, eighty extra points because of those receptions. He's an eighty catch guy. So. I want I want to I want to be able to draft guys like Reggie Bush and Darren Sproles. I enjoy the PPR uh, element to uh, scoring in my head as I'm watching the games. And there's a point. There's a po- oh uh, seven yard catch. That's one point seven. You know I just kind of get it in my head as I'm watching everything. Uh, so PPR is definitely the way for me to go. And and I'm waiting for the rest of the world to just embrace it so that all, everything can be PPR. Even our rankings we put out now as default point per reception. If we have to lead the way, we're going to do it, or we're going to be one of the one of the uh, adopters there. I don't know if you, uh, some of the other sites are doing that. Uh, we allow our our rankings to be customized, of course, at Toolbox, and you can go in and change them to non-PPR if that's what you wish. But we're just kind of forcing this sucker down everybody's throats, you know, and I, I just think it's time for the world to embrace it. And, and our little area of the world, our little population and uh, millions of visits that we get, we're going to have our world uh, looking at PPR at uh, as the default scoring. David Wilson at 2-9 by Pro Football Focus. Now, this uh, is an interesting pick. This is somebody that obviously uh, Jeff didn't think, uh, Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus, didn't think that it was going to get back uh, to him around that turn. Around that turn, was give, give Arian Foster owner somebody like David Wilson or give Adrian Peterson owner somebody like David Wilson. The only knock right now, obviously the fumbles last year cost him a lot of momentum and put him in Tom Coughlin's doghouse. Once that was out of the way, it was all explosive upside that just was kind of untapped. This year, I think you're going to see the uh, the chain let out, so to speak. Andre Brown is still a red zone threat. They're still talking about Andre Brown being the red zone uh, red zone guy and the goal line guy. I understand that. I don't think that's what's going to happen uh, for the for for too long. I think David Wilson just has a very explosive element. Andre Brown looked great. You can't knock the guy. Uh, but I just think that uh, there's a lot of good things to like about David Wilson. Uh, there's another guy right behind him, Chris Johnson. Um, Matt from Toolbox here took Chris Johnson. That's a, a, a scary pick to me in in a format where you have to count on him every week. He seems like a guy that goes 20 points one week, five points the next. It's really a fall from grace after that one magical season for him. It has not been a league, uh, a player that you could just count on. You couldn't, you can't just count on Chris Johnson. There's no week you can go in and say. I'm counting on him this week. I know he's going to do it. You don't know about Chris Johnson. I know about the next guy that's drafted by Tony, Tony Sincotta from Roto Experts, 
Julio Jones, I'm shocked that you guys are letting him fall to 211. I'm absolutely shocked at that. Just Julio Jones? I mean, what what is there to be scared about Julio Jones? Why would anybody pass on Julio Jones after around 2 2 2 3 2 4? I, I absolutely am stoked about this guy, and I, I don't think there's anything to really fear here. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is still a lock to throw for 600 passes. He's still a lock to complete 66, 67% of his balls. And Julio is, for the most part, he, what he showed me at the end of the season is he's becoming the big play guy. I think Julio's going to lead in touchdowns. I think he's going to lead in yards. I think he's going to lead in receptions. I think he'll lead in targets. I think he'll lead in yards per reception over a very capable Roddy White. But you can't say that they did anything else to you know, bolster that wide receiver corpse. It's still Harry Douglas. It's still some guy named Drew Davis, who I have no idea who he even is. I, somebody in the some, – some expert. Some, I'm not an expert. Some expert tell me who Drew Davis is without Googling. Who is Drew Davis? What school did he go to? Uh Somebody in the chat room, please tell me. Uh, there's not many other options. You got Tony Gonzalez that's aging, and you think every year that it's the demise of Tony Gonzalez, and he puts up 93 balls on you last year. He goes from 80 receptions. Everybody's trending him down, right? He, what does he do? He puts up 93 receptions and gives you one more touchdown to booty yeah, from seven to eight. So what do I do this year after seeing him trend up? I trend him down again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when does this guy ever stop? He, he never stops, and he's always the guy that you're thinking is he's done. He's done. Put a fork in him. He's done. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, is there if there's another player to compare to Tony Gonzalez, I think it has to be Frank Gore. Oh, wait a minute. Timer expired. Timer expired. Hold on. I've got a pause timer. Change. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. You know what? I am also commissioning this draft, so I've got to make sure I uh, welcome to your My Fantasy League live draft. That's right. Thank you. Um, and we're going to undo this last pick here. Sorry, guys. I was uh, didn't notice. And we're going to start the draft again. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. All right, so uh, yeah, DLF had a, a computer freeze error there, so we're we're back on track, and they're already in the fifth round. These guys are absolute pros; they don't need the minute clock. We'll be done with this uh, this draft in no time. They're they're in the fifth round and almost through five in uh, in less than twenty four minutes or so. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about Julio Jones, what he's going to do, and we have we're very high on Julio Jones at FF Toolbox. We think uh, we think this guy has. Um, if it weren't for Calvin, he has number one wide receiver uh, potential. I, I think the only guy in the game that hands down has probably more potential than him is is Calvin Johnson. I don't think you can confidently say that about any other wide receiver in the game. Any other wide receiver in the game not named Calvin. Uh, Dez, right up there. Julio, A.J. Green, all those guys right up there. Larry Fitzgerald with a quarterback that he's been comfortable with, I would give him a chance. Right, if you had a, if he had a Matt Stafford, or if he had a Romo, or a, a, you know, a Matt Ryan, he has a Carson Palmer now. Um, it's nice to have Larry Fitzgerald back in the discussion. I'll just, I'll just say that it's nice to, nice to know that he is back in the discussion with Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer will give them a, 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 a legitimate uh, shot at uh, at least production. I don't know about wins yet. Uh, he gives them a shot at production, and I think that's what Larry Fitzgerald deserves at this point. Uh, after going through what he did for the last last couple uh, last couple of seasons, uh, look at the turn. 
look at the turn for the Fantasy Sharks. The Fantasy Sharks started their draft with Arian Foster, a little unconventional. Any, anybody that takes not Adrian Peterson is a little bit unconventional. We took Calvin Johnson the other day because our box score told us to, so that's what we did uh, here at FF Toolbox. But they take uh, Eric takes Adrian or Arian Foster. I'm sorry, followed by Maurice Jones-Drew, comeback candidate, and Larry Fitzgerald, comeback candidate. Two comeback candidates uh, at two and three. Matter of fact, through four and five, uh, that's, you know, Garcon, I think, proved that he was kind of a comeback candidate. Mendenhall is proving that he could be a comeback candidate. He's getting the all-comeback team here through five rounds. I don't think you're going to dislike any teams as you look at this draft board, as I look at this draft board. I don't think you're going to dislike any teams through the first four rounds, right? I think the first four rounds, no matter which kind of combination of the first four rounds you have, you're going to feel pretty good. It's those rounds five through ten that get you. So we are in the money rounds right now. We are in the sixth round. This is the money round, uh, and this is when the rubber hits the road, so to speak. So Tony Sincata, let's take a look at his team that he's put together. Adrian Peterson, Julio Jones, love that value at 211. Steven Ridley at 3-2. Got to be more work uh, to go around the New England Patriots with Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski issues, loss of Wes Welker. What else can you say about a team that uh, loses all those wet? But it's still Tom Brady, and everybody's really quick to dismiss Tom Brady, and I know he's going to go here eventually. We finally see some quarterbacks going. Fifth round on Aaron Rodgers. Unbelievable uh, that that happens. Fifth round on Drew Brees. I've never – we've – gang, and I think we all can say this. We've never seen a year like this. Can anybody dispute that in the chat room? Uh, we've never seen a year where quarterbacks are going in the fifth round. The first quarterbacks. I mean, it's just we've never had – we've always had a quarterback or two, somebody with elite talent going. Now elite quarterbacks are just, uh, you know, another thing. Now, I don't know if you want to define the term elite. There's only a couple of elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, Well, let me take that back. In the NFL, not fantasy. NFL, it's a list. It's a list of four. Peyton, Rodgers, Breeze, and Brady. That's it. NFL, that's it. For fantasy, the discussion is quite different. It's still Rodgers. It's still Breeze. It's still Peyton. But I'll bet you if you poll your guys and your customers and your your, uh, players that come to your site, I'll bet you they say that Tom Brady is not fantasy elite this year. Put it out there on Facebook, and you ask your who's fantasy elite. Or say, it's a given that the four are are elite. I'll guarantee you there's people out there that say that Tom Brady uh is no more uh is is not uh is not elite. Sorry, the timer expired again. What happened? The huddle. Uh we have uh we have a couple here. We have a couple problems. And the draft stalled out a little bit. All right. The huddle, all PPR, yeah, you know, froze. Okay, froze and unfroze the last second. Okay. No problem. I'll try to keep an eye on that. I'm looking at the draft board too while I'm talking. I need to keep an eye on these guys as they're as they're commissioning, or maybe I need to get I need to get a studio producer in here and get this thing high tech. So, yeah, we're having the discussion about what is an elite quarterback versus an elite fantasy quarterback, and I think what we see. And and we just had Matt from Draft Sharks take Cam Newton. I think personally, you put Cam Newton in the elite fantasy quarterback world. 
You have Peyton Manning, Rodgers, Breeze. You have Cam Newton. You can make arguments for about eight or nine other guys this year uh, that could be elite. In the NFL world, I've even heard arguments that are pretty sound that say Eli Manning is an elite NFL quarterback because of what he does in the clutch. What he does in the fourth quarter is so good. Uh, Had a lot of injuries last year, but what he does in the fourth quarter is usually pretty clutch over the last couple of years. And I think most of us, after we saw him hoist that second Lombardi, we were saying the same thing. Eli's an elite quarterback. Didn't work out last year, but hey, he's done it before, and he's got one more than uh, Big Brother. Uh, Gallo, yes, Gallo did get a pick there. Yes, Cecil Shorts. He got his Cecil Shorts, yes. Uh, Okay, so we're back. Um, This is the Red vs. Blue show. Normally, Mike Trent is my co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy, here at uh, fftoolbox.com. And this is the uh, third expert draft. This is the last one for July, gang. We will do another one in August. We will do another one in August, uh, an expert mock draft, and maybe, uh, maybe two more. We've talked about Shane Vereen tonight, uh, going in the fifth round of Fantasy Taz there. That's about where we've been seeing him go. We have seen him even earlier. Very rare that you see two running backs from the same team go in the first five rounds, but we are seeing it this year in 2013. Very rare that we see quarterbacks, the first quarterbacks, go off the board in the fifth round. You're seeing it in this new modern era uh, uh, for quarterbacks. Uh, There's so many quarterbacks that are getting 300 fantasy points these days. Uh, That is not a... You know, 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, it's not really the um, the bar anymore, right? 5,000, 30, 35 touchdowns, that's what you're looking for. Uh, maybe rushing touchdowns to boot. Uh, the new rules where you can't touch the wide receiver are allowing these quarterbacks to just kind of go crazy, and, and you have tons of quarterback options there. And it becomes uh, – there's still differences in value. I mean, between Drew Brees and – a guy like Andy Dalton, it could be a 80 to 100 point spread or more, right? If you're dead last in the top 12 quarterbacks versus number one, uh, there is a difference there. There's still a nice spread of points. But I think at the end of the day, you look at your position and you're like, I'm fine because value based drafting kind of comes into play and you're like, I would much rather have that drop off at quarterback than feel the drop off at running back. Not that there's that, not that there's not a bigger drop-off at quarterback. There very well could be, especially Drew Brees in some of the seasons he's capable of having, and Aaron Rodgers, too. The point difference could be higher between number one quarterback and number 12 quarterback. We're more worried about the drop between number 17 running back and number 34 running back. You know, that's what we're really worried about, but I'm not so sure we should be. I'm not so sure. I'm not convinced that we should be. I just, I'm just more comfortable drafting like everybody else. <laughs> I'm more comfortable waiting on quarterback, and I like the name that I get. I feel pretty good when I have a Colin Kaepernick. I feel pretty good when I have a Russell Wilson. I'm not worried about the quarterback position. You get more worried by having a running back that's not on the same level as a third-round back like a Lamar Miller when you have to count on a, a new Monty Ball or a new Chris Ivory. Uh, that becomes an issue. Uh, you don't leave the draft feeling incredibly confident. That's that's more the problem. Ben Tate in the seventh round. That is a new high 
Uh, I have not seen Ben Tate go that high. Usually about the 10th round is where I see him go. But, hey, if you're worried about your pick with Arian Foster, you better back him up. I think Ben Tate will get a little bit more work this year. I think they will keep Arian Foster fresh. They'll try to everything they can uh, to keep him fresh. And I'm going to communicate with somebody else here. There we go. All right, we're still drafting good. Uh, Andre Brown, Daryl Richardson moving on. Uh, in the seventh round, Daryl Richardson by Tim Dano, uh, 20th-ranked player in the world. Uh, I like to talk about team construction here for a minute, too, uh, guys, before we get too far uh, into the program. But I, but I, but I still want to keep uh, looking at this draft board. It names that stand out to me. Here's a name that stands out to me right here, uh, Mike Wallace. Matt from FF Toolbox took Mike Wallace in the third pick of the fifth round. Now, usually Mike Wallace in the fifth round feels like value. The question is, will he be valuable uh, with Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill is a name that everybody wants to know about. Uh, look, after the tremendous year we had with rookie quarterbacks last year, Robert Griffin III, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, you know Miami fans are just dying. They hope and pray that Ryan Tannehill is the answer. Please be the guy that leads us to the playoffs. Are the New England Patriots vulnerable this year? I would say they're more vulnerable than they've been in past years, but Tom Brady usually makes stars out of guys like Troy Brown. That's the guy that you're dealing with when you're dealing with Tom Brady, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he, he just makes her. So Ryan Tannehill, after so many successful rookies had such great Years last year, everybody wants to know, will Ryan Tannehill take that leap? They've surrounded him with much better weapons this year. They discard Reggie Bush and bring in, and they're going to give Lamar Miller a chance. Uh, we will see what Lamar Miller brings to the table. We think, uh, and everybody that's observing him thinks that it's going to be very special. They bring in Mike Wallace. If you could say anything about Ryan Tannehill's season last year, it wasn't that it was terribly disappointing because there were good things that he did last year uh 282 completions for 3300 yards right that's not that's not bad um 12 touchdowns 13 interceptions that's a rookie that's a rookie 58 <laughs> percent good luck michael vick throwing 58 percent michael vick's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna be there uh so Tannehill had a decent year what he was missing I, they were missing a big play threat they were missing a downfield presence. <laughs> that sounds like Mike Wallace to me. And you bring in Brandon Gibson to help out, and you got Brian Hartline, and you have a brand-new tight end that's done it before in Dustin Keller. I kind of like the direction that Miami's going. I'm afraid for my Jets. Yes, I'm a Jets fan. Uh, please save the jokes. I've had enough of them. I fell in love with the Jets in 1985 when they were in a – Huge game against the Browns, Ken O'Brien, Altoon, Freeman McNeil, Klecko, all the gang, Gastineau, all these guys. And, uh, you know, it's a great game. It's a fantastic game. My first Jets game I probably ever watched uh, living in Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, I'm 10 years old. Not even 10. I was 9 years old. And, you know, they lose a heartbreaker in overtime, and I fell in love with them on a loss. <laughs> Little did I know 30 years later – It'd be 30 more years of losing. We did have one good year with Parcells uh, where we we felt like winners. Feeling like winners and being winners are two different things. I understand that, of course. Um, but that game against Denver, Broncos and Terrell Davis, you guys remember that? I don't know, but 
that was um that was a lot of fun it was a uh, opportunity for us and then when we traded for Curtis Martin man those were some good times you guys remember Curtis Martin having that huge season you know how long ago that's been that's how old we're getting man that's eight time is just going so fast how many years ago was that was that 2005 Curtis Martin's big year where he blew up and had a career year somebody looked that up Curtis Martin's big year I'll do it right now. Curtis Martin stats. Uh, I don't know where you guys go for stats. Pro football reference is pretty darn good. Uh, Curtis Martin's big year. Ah, I was off one year. 2004. <laughs> That's even worse. 2004 is the year that he ran for 1,697 yards and 12 touchdowns. 41 receptions. That's the year that uh, he was drafted at the later part of the draft, along with Tiki Barber. If you remember, everybody was everybody was really complaining about Ladanian Tomlinson. Even back then, that's unbelievable, man. Two thousand Ladanian Tomlinson was playing in two thousand four. He seems like such a young guy, you know. Uh, I remember him coming into the league, but uh, two thousand and four. Yep, that's what it is. Yep, there it is. So 2003, LaDainian Thompson comes off a year of 100 receptions. Do you remember this, everybody? 100 receptions. He was a dominant running back, and everybody was crying, oh, I, if you don't have the number one pick, you can't win in fantasy. And Oh, if you don't have LaDainian Thompson, his 100 receptions is not fair. I was one of them. I was I was one, one of them that was saying there had to be something done about it, you know. Uh, 2,300 yards from scrimmage, 100 receptions. It's pretty intimidating. Now, little did we know that a few years later he'd get 28 touchdowns on 1,800 yards. It's insane. But the year was that next year belonged to the back of the draft. It kind of disproved the fact that you you can win from the back of the draft uh, with Curtis Martin and Tiki Barber types and you know players from the back. And when Ladanian was the uh, undisputed number one. So let's turn our attention from what the teams at the top of the draft are doing uh, back to the back of the draft. Uh, we did, did we finish up the Ryan Tannehill discussion? Because I, I always go sideways in, in conversations. I go sideways, back, flashbacks, flash forwards, um, call it what you want. But uh, we just kind of uh, flow here, kind of get in the stream uh, on red versus blue. Uh, let's see. Okay, so the back of the draft, we're looking at uh, some, of the, some of the teams. Let's look at KFFL, Tim Haney, Tim Haney, uh, A.J. Green, Stephen Jackson, Vincent Jackson, Monty Ball, Drew Brees in the fifth, Witten in the sixth, and Mark Ingram in the seventh, Kenny Britt in the eighth. Okay, so in, these, in, the, in the rules of the FFWC and Roto Bowl, the World Championship and Roto Bowl, you have to start two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex. So that means you have to fill out a lineup of 11 every week, minus the kicker and defense, that's nine, minus the quarterback, that's eight. You've got to have eight skill position guys. And... Uh, you need to be able to fill those up with very solid quality players with a lot of upside. Uh, that's what he's done here. Monty Ball is kind of the only question, but we think he's going to get a lot of work. We don't know if he's going to get a lot of receptions. Maybe he's just a Michael Turner light in Denver. It is a pass-heavy offense. We, we're not real sure uh, how heavy the workload is going to be for Monty Ball. There's a lot of talk that Ronnie Hillman uh, is, is getting plenty of work there, getting um, the majority of the first-team snaps, and rightfully snow. Uh, the kid puts on 15 pounds of uh, you know muscle and is uh, you know extra weight in the, in his first professional off season. 
with a with a professional team around him. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh the 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 question is isn't what um isn't what Ronnie Hillman will do or won't do. It's 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 more about uh Adam Gase. Uh replacing Mike McCoy as offensive coordinator. We'll see what he does with that. Receive running backs out of the backfield can typically catch about 60 balls for John Fox. Uh, statistically, if you look back, we'll see what Adam Gase has in store uh, in this offense. But that's that's a good number. Uh, McGahee is now gone. Monty Ball, Hillman, it's uh, kind of the future backfield. This one-two punch. Uh, most are predicting that Monty Ball will be the goal line back. Ronnie Hillman will be the the third down back. Uh, now you've got Moreno uh, rumors that uh, he could be the third down back, uh, making sure that everybody's okay in the draft. Yep, we are. Okay, good. Uh, so Denver situation could be a real mess. I wouldn't be surprised to see John Fox do something like, you know what, all you fantasy owners that took money ball in the fourth round, sorry, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. We've got veterans here on this team. You're going to have to wait. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen. So very a uh, very interesting situation to watch in the preseason to start to listen to what how that shakes out. I don't see Monty Ball as an explosive player. Just me. I see Giovanni Bernard as an explosive player. I described him on Twitter today. You can uh tweet us at FF Toolbox on myself at Red Blue Radio. I described Giovanni Bernard as D'Angelo Williams when he's coming out of Memphis. Remember how electric that guy was? All the moves that he made? He reminds me of D'Angelo Williams that can catch the ball. That's what he reminds me of. 14 minutes to go in the program. We're talking Giovanni Bernard now, uh, and he went in the fifth round. And you have to be willing to pay that kind of a price. Uh, Steve Gallo from the huddle uh, took Giovanni Bernard as his RB3 uh, and lined him up with five other wide receivers. See, that's what I'm talking about. Steve is waiting on quarterback and tight end. Let's see how he does, and let's see what he pulls off because – we just saw Matt Ryan go in the eighth by Tony Sincata from Roto Experts. Now, if you're if I, if I'm in this draft, I gotta be absolutely thrilled if I'm Tony. While other people are paying a fifth for Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, which hey, great value, you get Matt Ryan in the eighth. You can't complain about that. You cannot complain about that. No. Mm. Huh. Where else are we gonna go? Okay, so we're still on the back side of the draft here. Uh, Vincent Jackson, A.J. Green, and Kenny Britt are the starting wide receivers. Steven Jackson, Monty Ball, and Mark Ingram ooh, as the RB3. Not a fan of uh, Mark Ingram as my RB anything, uh, but it, uh, it's not out of the realm of imagination that one of these days they do kind of turn to him. But why would you? I mean, Pierre Thomas has been very valuable, a very underrated prospect, I think, if you're, um, if you're the Saints. I think uh, Pierre Thomas has always kind of, when healthy, been a very good performer. Uh, most are predicting Mark Ingram to have a little bit more workload. 180 carries may be possible for Mark Ingram this year, but he's not catching the ball. He's not a big ca- a guy that, that's going to catch him. So unless you want another Michael Turner on your hands, uh, you're not really drafting a Mark, Mark Ingram unless you're really desperate. And you know, look, you're waiting till the you're waiting till the eighth round to get your RB3. You are a little desperate. So uh, totally, totally understand a pick like that at the end of the seventh round. Uh, okay. Let's look at Dynasty League football. Alfred Morris, Mon- uh, Matt Forte, Jonathan Stewart as a three. Never been a, jo- a big Jonathan Stewart fan. I just don't like big lumbering running backs. It's never really uh, worked out for me. Yes, Scott, uh, that's me here on the podcast. 
uh, Jonathan Stewart, Andre Johnson. I love Andre Johnson, Rob Gronkowski, Decker, Austin Wright. That's a very good team, very good depth. Um, and let's see what kind of a quarterback he comes out of here with because Tim from KFFL has Drew Brees and Jason Witten staring down your face. Uh, Gronkowski is another name that we – look, I, I'm not going to talk Rob, Rob Gronkowski because I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. There's too many injuries. Uh, there's too many question marks. And there's too much upside. It's just the strangest combination of everything all mixed into one player. I just don't know what to say about Rob Gronkowski. I guess if he's in the fifth round, I'll take him because I have to. But I won't, I won't feel good about it because I feel like I might just have wasted that pick. However, if he does play any games, every game that he plays, I feel like he's going to get me 20 points. I don't feel like any doubt that he's going to get me 20 points when he does play. So that's kind of exciting, just a little strange. I don't know what to think of him. I don't know where to put him. I don't know where to slot him. I'm doing projections, and I don't know what to project for him. What do you do with a guy like that? Love advice from you guys that have been in the industry for a long time. Uh, let's look at Bob Harris from Football Diehards. A good team, DLF. Uh, Football Diehards, C.J. Spiller, Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy. Very exciting team there. I don't know what to think about Le'Veon Bell either. That's another name. Everybody's drafting in the third, sometimes fourth, sometimes fifth rounds. Uh, the ADP is kind of all over the place, or has been all over the place, uh, depending on the site that you that you go to, for Le'Veon Bell. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are in for an absolute mess of a season. We only have 10 minutes left in the program. I think Bell's in for an absolute me- – uh, the, the entire Steeler team is in for a mess. Why do I think that? <sighs> well, no proven run game, right? I mean, a rookie. You're asking a rookie to come in and be the starter. Uh, they, they tried that last year. Uh, it didn't work. And now you're bringing in a, a, a rookie that doesn't really have any uh, exciting qualities to me. He, he's sort of a middle-of-the-road guy and just doesn't have anything special – uh, that he brings to the table. I, I just don't really understand what they're going to do with Le'Veon Bell. I'm projecting 160 carries. I don't know. I think Jonathan Dwyer is going to be involved. They'll probably try to involve Rod Stevens Howling some in the backfield, maybe out of the backfield. Heath Miller, I've never seen a guy look older than Heath Miller. In the, he does not look like a football player to me. If you Google Heath Miller, you check out a picture of that guy, he does not look like a football player. He looks like a retired football coach is what he looks like. And I don't see how he's going to be healthy. I don't see how he's going to come out of this year healthy. Uh, I don't see how he's going to get healthy. I have him projected for 40 catches. I don't even know if he could do that if he was healthy um, or if he played every game just because of the health issues that, you know, from the surgery. So Antonio Brown, is he a number one wide receiver? He's going to be asked to be one, so we're going to find out. And you're not going to change the game that you play if you're Antonio Brown. You don't have any other game to play. You hike the ball. Uh, he takes a couple steps off the line. He steps back. He catches the ball. He tries to run with it out, out in space, kind of like Kendall Wright uh, did with RG3. You hike the ball. He turns around. He catches it. He runs. Get him in space. Get him in slots. Get him in sl- Get him in the deep ball. Uh, if you can get him away. The problem is he's going to be faced up with number one cornerbacks. They're very physical in this league, very physical cornerbacks. Uh, in this league, and, and we'll see what he can do with it. I think he's going to have a good year. I definitely think he's going to have a good year. Um, and and look, there's got to be – somebody's got to catch the ball here. Roethlisberger's not going to fall apart. I'm not saying they're going to fall apart. I just don't think they're going to have a very good year. I think they're going to probably finish at the at the bottom of the division, somewhere in the bottom of the division. I think Cleveland has a very good chance of being better. I, I almost know for sure that Cincinnati's going to be better. I, I know for sure that Baltimore's going to be better. Flacco's going to – make that happen uh the offense is going to make that happen the entire offense 
they're 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 champions. Uh, I'm Pittsburgh champions too. I know this. Uh, I'm just really worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't have a lot of good solid to base it on, but when you lose your deep threat, when you don't have a good confident uh, running back, and the defense isn't really that special anymore. Palomalu doesn't really scare people anymore, right? I mean, everybody knows that, right? He's, he, it, 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 it used to be five, you know, three or four years ago, but not anymore. Emmanuel Sanders, Marcus Wheaton, Jericho Cotri, these are your weapons. No tight end. Matt Spath is going to be your tight end until Heath Miller comes. Where is Roethlisberger's safety net? You're going to count on backs like Redmond and Dwyer and Howling? Mm. I, so I'm I'm avoiding the Le'Veon Bell pick just because I I'm afraid – uh, that team's going to be in a mess, and they're just going to be in some kind of a rotational downward spiral. That's Dez Bryant, Percy Harvin, also to Bob at, at Football Diehards. Love those picks. I think Dez is uh, number two, number three wide receiver this year. Uh, Percy Harvin has to get a lot of the workload in Seattle for Russell Wilson. It's Marshawn Lynch, Percy Harvin. You're going to hear that those names all day long. Uh, and then in between that, Russell Wilson's going to be running circles around everybody else. Uh, and throwing lasers. Uh, Antonio Brown, Deshaun Jackson, Lance Moore. Lance Moore, love the pick. Absolute, uh, probably the ultimate handcuff. We wrote an article, uh, Matt DeLima here in the chat room, uh, wrote an excellent article, called him the ultimate handcuff, and that was in reference to a comment that I made on Red vs. Blue. He backs up everybody on the Saints team. If Pierre Thomas gets hurt, Lance Moore gets value. Uh, If Colston gets hurt, Lance Moore's value goes up. If Jimmy Graham gets hurt, Lance Moore gets more work. If Darren Sproles gets hurt, Lance Moore gets – anybody that gets hurt on the team except for Drew Brees, if they get hurt on the team, Lance Moore's value goes up. Uh, so a very, very interesting uh, very interesting player there, a very helpful player, especially in this format for Bob Harris, who has yet to take a quarterback or a tight end. I love that. I love it. I just – I'm always afraid to be that guy, but this year it seems like it works out. Just hang in there and good things will happen for you. Now, you have to have a good sleeper at tight end, whether it's a Jared Cook or a Pettigrew, somebody that you can live with, the old petting zoo, right? Catches a lot of balls, drops a lot of balls, drops a lot of touchdowns, drive you crazy. But look, you can live with him because he's such a high PPR guy. He's in a great offense. I can I can live with that. Uh, most great Most tight ends on very good offenses usually go in the draft early. Gronks, Hernandez's, Gonzalez's. Jimmy Graham's, you know, you pass for a lot of yards. Uh, Finley's the only one. You know, maybe Finley's the guy this year. Maybe you come here and you get a he gets a Finley in the ninth round, and Rodgers, you know, uh, makes up for the Jennings factor. But, uh, wow, quarterbacks, definitely uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Only seven are gone. We're in the ninth round, and pro football focus has two quarterbacks already. Mm-hmm. Jeff from Pro Football Focus has two quarterbacks. That's the world we live in, gang. Nobody wants to take a quarterback. Nobody wants to take a quarterback. Whoa, not me. I'll pass. (laughs) You be the next guy. I don't need to be the next guy. I see a half a dozen still that I like. That's what everybody's saying. That's what everybody's saying. That's what you have to get ready for in your draft. Uh, When you still like Romo, when you still like Dalton, when you still like Cutler, perhaps, you still like Bradford, perhaps, should be in for a big year. Freeman, maybe he's silencing the critics now. The coach finally has his back. Very strange situation going on there. 
World-ranked player number 20, Tim Dano. I'm sorry, Dano. My bad. Tim Dano, world-ranked player number 20 on the Fantasy Football World Rankings over at FFToolbox.com. Won the FFPC tournament a couple years ago. Ray Rice, Ryan Matthews, and Daryl Richardson are the running backs. All right. You know what? Look, everybody's down on Rice this year. That's why he's fallen to eight or nine. Okay, fine. Uh, nothing to be really scared about Ray Rice. He's going to be a dominant player that's really overblown. Bernard Pierce is an excellent player, too, with a lot of tremendous upside, but they're going to give Ray Rice his carries. He'll get his receptions. Uh, they're going to throw a lot of dumpers. I think Flacco's going to be asked to win a lot more games this year because the defense is not as good. Rice won't skip a beat. Ryan Matthews, very interesting. He's a guy that burns you. He's kind of like a Darren McFadden or a Chris Johnson. Once you've drafted him, the reason why they fall is because nobody wants to draft him again. You've been burned by him before. You don't really want to take that kind of a high pick and spend it on him. But they'll probably do their job. He was on pace for a decent little year last year. Nothing spectacular, but normal for, for Ryan Matthews with, with plenty of receptions because he gets he catches a lot of balls. He ca- Now they bring in Danny Woodhead. That may be a, that may pose a little bit of a problem to Ryan Matthews. It might be a big problem for Ryan Matthews. But, look, this is a guy that in 12 games last year caught 40 balls, so he was still on pace for his 55 balls or so. That's pretty valuable. There's, a, there's an old stat that goes around and says, hey, if you catch 50 balls in a PPR league, you're probably going to be a top 10 running back. It's usually true. It's usually true. Now, I mean, unless you're a Jaquiz Rogers, you're not getting enough carries. But if you're a starting running back, 150, 180, 200 carries, and you're getting 50 catches, you're going to be a top 10 running back. It's just it's very hard not to because of the power of the PPR, um, catching the ball. So, well, look, uh, this was an interesting draft. I usually don't host shows by myself. I usually have a co-host. I get to take a breather. I don't, I don't kind of ramble as much. I just wanted to do a podcast tonight to uh, tell everybody in the chat room that I appreciate you being here. This is uh, our first year being in, my first year being involved at Toolbox. I came out came on in October, took the site over earlier this year. Very much appreciate you guys being a part of the Expert Mock Draft series here. Uh Matt, Eric, Bob, Jeff, Scott, Engel, Tim Haney, Tony Sincata, Tim, Steve, Eric, Matt from Toolbox. Thank you guys for being here and uh taking part in this. We will uh we will do it again and we'll be happy to do the same for you if you need us. Uh, you just give us a ring, and we'll be happy to help. Uh, but we will be uh, – you'll have all the access to all this uh, expert mock draft analysis. Everybody will put their picks up there and their advice. Thank you guys so much for being a part of it, and uh, check out uh, FF Toolbox for, for all things fantasy, guys. We'll see you later. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide.